Welcome to the Give Back Economy, a podcast about social innovation and social enterprise. Now, with your host, Peter Miller. Welcome, and today we go a, a few miles up the road from where I'm located to a community called Stovall, Ontario, Canada. And we're going to talk to Mel Willward, president of Trails. So welcome, Mel. Thank you very much, Peter. A pleasure to be here and share a little bit more about Trails Youth Initiatives. Okay, so let's start with your education first. Where did you go to school? I did my undergrad at University of Guelph in psychology and child and youth studies. And then throughout that time, I would spend the summer working up at camps. So Kilku camp in particular, and some of the girl guide camps. And I would balance that schedule between school and camp life. And then did you take further education? Uh, after that, I, I had quite a work experience journey. So I started on a cruise ship, and then I found myself in Whistler uh, teaching youth for a while. After that, in Australia, I lived for three years running a, a private business out there, and then eventually into Uganda, Africa, working with the School for Foundation doing an expansion project for kids. So it was in the spring of 2016 when I returned to Ontario for a few friends and my brother who was getting married. And that's when I learned about trails and immediately fell in love and have been with trails for the last five years. Terrific. And your role with trails is as president. Tell me about your team. I'm so fortunate to have an incredible team. Um, we have 10 full-time staff and about 30 part-time staff. So those part-timers are facilitators that work directly with the vulnerable youth on the weekends when they're here throughout the year. And the full-time team has a, a director of education, of development, someone who supports alumni, someone who does the recruitment of the youth and, and working, doing home visits with the youth and their families. And then we have a small fundraising team. Um, our, our annual budget is about one and a half million dollars and we fundraise everything through private donations. We have a few signature events, but we've never sought nor accepted government funding. So we are, we're consistently working to, to raise money, um, towards the four seasons, four years, four life program. So you are a social enterprise. Yes, yes. We fit the definition. And I know all about that. So, okay. So tell me about your programs in a little more detail. Well, Trails was built on the belief that all youth, especially those facing barriers based on income, race, education, or the neighborhood they grew up in, would benefit from a long-term consistent approach to engagement, one that uses the outdoors and experiential education to teach leadership and resilience and conflict resolution, as well as physical and mental wellness. So our mission is to challenge and equip vulnerable youth from at-risk areas of Toronto to become contributing members of the community. And we do that through instilling practical skills, teaching relevant knowledge, and then the self-confidence and the transference to use them. So the youth would come up to Trails site in Stouffville one weekend a month 
for two weeks in the summer for a minimum of four years. It's a long-term, consistent, and preventative program. We recruit the youth when they're 12 years old, and they're learning through the outdoors in typical camp activities. So learning to swim and canoe in our lake, and in the winter, cross-country skiing and snowshoeing. And those activities really act as the vessel to teach life's deeper lessons. Do you recruit any from an organization called 360 Degree Kids? Uh, we don't recruit actively 360, but we are a partner organization with them and have um, shared some of our site with them in the past. They do incredible work, but they're targeting a bit of our older demographic. I think their youth are you know, 16 to 20, late 20s, where we're really the, the 12 to 16 year olds. Okay. So what's your connection with schools in the community? So we work with Toronto District School Board, and they have a learning opportunity index where they rate each school based on need. And we're choosing youth from the lowest 15% ranked in that learning opportunity index, which means that they have more barriers against them. Um, through the schools, we've got long-term partnerships and relationships with the teachers and the principals. And it's through those relationships that one of our fantastic staff who's been with Trails for, I guess, nine years, uh, will go into the schools, make a presentation about Trails, share about the adventure and the journey that youth can apply to be a part of. We typically get at least double the applications than we can accept but those are endorsed or referred by the teachers, sometimes CAS workers or the principals. And that's how we go about choosing the 40 new youth that come each year. So it's a, a long-term partnership, one that helps, helps each other. I think the teachers get excited when we come into the school uh, because they know that the opportunity is there for their kids. Now, Mel, you, you talked about the Toronto District School Board. What about the Catholic Board? And what about the York Region Boards? We do have a partnership with York Region District School Board and pre-COVID with York Catholic District School Board. And we were trying to create a similar model to TRAILS, but with the school groups. So TRAILS model, our, our big goal is to have a big impact on a few rather than a little on many. And we've, we've seen time and time again where some kids, especially youth, are sponsored from certain areas and they're sent to a camp and they have an incredible experience and there's pixie dust spread on them, but then they return to the community and the experience almost was a dream and sometimes displaces them more with, with their peer group because they don't have the shared experience. So we really wanted to make sure there was consistent touch points with the kids and a deep impact. So with the school boards, instead of doing four seasons, four years, four life, because that model was a little tricky to replicate, we did a three seasons or four seasons, three years. And we chose about 15 different students from six different schools throughout York Region, typically from a behavioral class. And they would come to trails for a day, not overnight like our youth, but for a day program doing the same types of activities and then returning to school and finding ways that they could transfer their learnings from trails back to their school, their family, and their community. And we had some really incredible success, beautiful messages from the teachers sharing how 
the lessons really impacted their ability to succeed at school. And, and it, coming to trails gave them the chance to excel in learning in a different space. It gave them freedom where typically our educational system can't meet them at their level. So talk about funding and partnerships, which kind of overlap a little bit. Mm-hmm. So um, we've been very fortunate to have a board of governors who are really big players in our fundraising campaigns and, and support our mission. Within the board of governors, we also have a select few major donors who have been with us for a long time. And they, they contribute about uh, 20% of that annual $1.5 million. Specifically, it's going towards Trails Daniel Dion Bursary. So when our youth graduate from Trails, they still, they're in grade 10, and they have a grade 11 and 12 still to go to complete high school. So we set them up with an alumni and mentorship program where they're paired with an older alumni to help get them through high school. And... We know that youth from our target areas are three times more likely to drop out of high school. And the dropout rate can be up to 50%, yet 99% of our youth are finishing high school. It's a fantastic achievement, but then we were hit with another roadblock of, we've told them for four, five, six years that they can achieve anything they put their mind to. And then they go apply to post-secondary school only to find out you need to have a credit card and do a $500 minimum deposit to apply to schools. And then they're stuck again. And it was a barrier that we hadn't realized until some of the members of those board of governors picked up on this and founded a bursary program. So since then they've supported with over one and a half million dollars towards post-secondary education for our youth. And alumni are, are you know, in many different jobs. Uh, some are, we've got a pilot. I spoke to a therapist last week who's one of our alumni. We have, uh, you know, a, a huge diversity of roles that they take on in their life. And now they in turn come back to trails and pay it forward by working with the younger youth. Um, all this to say that the Board of Governors is a, a really wonderful partnership and group of people with us. Also, 100% of our Board of Directors contribute financially to Trails in addition to the time that they invest in our monthly board meetings. Well, some of your alumni might be good candidates for a program called Summer Company. I don't know whether you've heard of Summer Company. I ran no, that I at Centennial College in Toronto, and the youth are 15 to 29, and they get $3,000 from the provincial government to start and run a business over the summer. And wow. uh, they get free coaching and free mentoring, and a really excellent program for, for people that might be interested. But let's yeah. let's let's move back to you again and your organization. And in terms of alumni, how many alumni do you have right now, approximately? We have over six hundred alumni. Historically, so we're celebrating our thirtieth anniversary next year. We were founded in nineteen ninety two, and we 
we're really making it a, a new area of focus to build that alumni association because people have gone off in lots of uh, different directions. So we have hired a director of alumni engagement and it's her job now to re-engage and we're having a really wonderful experience reaching out sometimes cold calling we're going back through participant files and there's numbers that don't exist anymore or mailing addresses that are wrong so lots of challenges with getting connected but once we have it's been so beautiful and you know 90 percent of those alumni who have been called have wanted to give back in a different way and have become re-engaged in a new way. This past summer, over 60% of our facilitators were alumni and they offer a really beautiful lived experience and, and connection to the youth now. So uh, there's a different level of what they're able to, or sometimes how they can build the trust a little bit faster because of that experience that is shared. Talk a little bit about the founders of the organization, Hayhurst Senior and Junior. Yeah, I would love to. What a, oh, two amazing, incredible people, both I would call mentors. Um, I met Hurst in 2016. Uh, that was Jim Hayhurst Senior's nickname, Hurst, that the kids called him. And my name is Mel, but he would call me malicious. Um, so some people do have nicknames that carry on. He was a magnetic, one of a kind, incredible person. And as soon as he started speaking about trails, the passion exploded from him. And he was so, so driven to, to really make a difference. He had an incredible career as a successful advertising agency. He started a career center for adults. And then it was really through a series of events that he decided to found trails with his son, uh, Jimmy. And he had offered his cottage in Algonquin Park. He was working with a school, an inner city school, and had said to the teacher, hey, send me your, your, you know, your top five most improved students, not those with the highest grades or the, you know, most, uh, you know, socially excelling. I want those who have improved the most of the year. And I'll take them up to my cottage for a weekend as, as a bit of a prize. So the weekend rolled around and, you know, the, the kids arrived at the cottage and some were running in the woods and playing and exploring quite freely. And there was one boy in particular named Damien who wasn't. He was very quiet and shy and was standing on the dock by himself, but looking down into the water. So Hearst went over to him and said, what are you doing? And there was no response. And then he noticed he was looking at the fish. So Hearst went and grabbed a fishing rod and came back and put it in his hands. And so Damien was holding it. And then <laughs> a fish caught on to the rod and he had to pull it up. And just that excitement when you catch something like that and the type of confidence it can build within you. So he reels up this fish and he's got a big smile on his face. And the other kids come running over and say, Damien, what are you doing? And he says, I'm fishing. First, get him some rods. So then all the kids began to fish. Shortly after that, the kids returned to school and Hearst received a phone call from the principal at the school. And, and times were different then. This would not uh, happen now with our transparency and, and the work between um, cases of youth when they're having challenges at home. But this young boy, uh, not, not too long before he came to his weekend at Trails, 
had watched his sister and his mother be raped and murdered while he hid under a bed in the warehouse they were living in. And he went into catatonic shock. And the principal said, you know, he's different now. He's returned and he's participating in class. Um, you know, what did you do? And, and her said, I guess he went fishing. Yeah, I taught him how to fish. And, you know, I, I think it's a beautiful story that demonstrates Hearst and part of the genesis of why trails came to be. And it wouldn't have worked either without his son, Jimmy, who was the first executive director and did, you know, took this dream and this giant vision, which had never been done before, mainly because it's quite expensive to, to work with youth in such a deep and impactful way. But the model works. And, and he knew that, and he created the first few years. Historically, we would recruit 20 kids a year. And then in 2016, when we looked at all of the impact statements, Hearst was, you know, so uh, deeply passionate and with an indomitable will that he, he said, this works so well, we need to help more people. We're going to double. Let's do an expansion. And we're three quarters of the way through that expansion, now recruiting 40 youth each year. And he he isn't uh, with us anymore. He passed away, he had a medically assisted death in, in on February 29th, 2020, which was very painful for all of us, uh, myself included. To me, he was a, a business partner, a very good friend, a hero. And he left right before COVID hit. So the man that I and the youth would turn to for help and to guide us through an experience like that was gone. But I always hear his voice in my head and I'm very close with his son, Jimmy, and he's uh, on our board of governors and is just a phone call away for me to check in with. But I often have, you know, what would Hearst do? What would our founders do in this situation? And that's really helped throughout the past two challenging years. So let's put your thinking hat on. Three years from today, what's trails going to look like? Wow, in three years, we will have our first double cohort from the expansion graduating and applying for post-secondary school. So at that point, this year, we're supporting 37 students in post-secondary. So by then, it could be up to 80 in our alumni, I hope that the Alumni Association is running themselves sustainable events and community engagement with our youth on site. Goodness, I, I, I can visualize it now and, and it would be them continuing to flourish and be challenged and show up and take on the adversity that, that sometimes comes towards them and still stand up and, and succeed. So we will be bigger uh, or we, we will scale in terms financially. Um, we will need more support. I think our, our full-time team will also grow. We will be needing in three years, about six new full-time staff to help manage some of the weekday programming that we do on our site. But also the most important piece is to work with our youth each weekend when they come up throughout the whole year. So now what you've created is a model. 
And in my terms, it's a business model. But having said that, it sounds like if you put together an operations manual, it could be replicated in any part of the country. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. And we have had some conversations and at a board level vision talks around what could a franchising model look like or how could we implement elements of the model into different charities or communities. And we've had two individuals who've also suggested or pledged to give their land uh, to be built on if we decide to go down that route. I, you know, firmly believe we can do more and trails works through and through. So I want the model to be replicated, but I'm also scared by that prospect because I do not want us to dilute our mission. And when Hearst had said, that's double, he actually said, that's triple, that's quadruple. That was the first statement. And when we doubled, we, we paused after because it was hard. It, it changed a lot of the use of the space. It was changing the experience of the youth. And so the director team came together and had to explore ways to make sure we maintained the, the purest form of trails back to basics, sticking with our roots. And we invited the kids into that conversation and they were actually the ones to solve a lot of problems. And, um, and at that point we decided doubling is the right number for this site, but Hey, what could happen in the future? And there are a handful of organizations that we're, we're working to collaborate with and use sharing our space, but also sharing our resources. We've worked really hard on our manual and our curriculum. So we're, we're also a ministry inspected private school so we can offer uh, or youth can earn high school credits while they're here. And even that element has been requested from different organizations. So in my opinion, the more people who can know about trails, the more we can share, the better we will all be. Okay, don't call it franchising, call it social franchising. Okay, that's social a, franchising. That's a much better term. Because then what you're doing is, for a fee, you would be providing your operations manual and some training, and then you could build a network of trails organizations across the country. So you could be chair of the board of a large <laughs> organization with 20... All right. 20 trails locations across the country. Yeah, anything is possible, and there is definitely no shortage of youth and, and adults because it touches the staff's lives and the volunteers' lives in a meaningful way. So I can, I can see it happening. I've got a lot of learning to do to get there, as we all will, but together I think I know we can deliver a brighter trail ahead. So what do your parents think of what you're doing? <laughs> they are um, very uh, proud of me, really happy that I'm following my passion, and we're incredibly delighted when I introduced Trails to them. And this, to me, has been a full alignment of all of my passions, turning them into a calling. So 
they like to be involved in small ways. My mom's a, a dental hygienist and, you know, brings in toothpaste for the kids. Um, so they, they are involved in some ways or they attend the events. We have a music fundraiser called Vantstock at site, which this past season fundraised about $40,000. And they were there, you know, bumping their heads to the music. So I think when they listen to this and hear your suggestion of the social franchising to, to 20 different trails, they'll go, yep, great. She'll make it happen. <laughs> so you put a little extra pressure on me, Peter. Excellent. So <laughs> how big is the current location? We have 143 acres with two lakes and we have a long-term lease with the Lake Simcoe region conservation authority. So we just renewed for another 20 years. So you know where you're going to be for the next 20 years. Yes, that's right. That is right. And, and we invested in a few, uh, you know, most recently a furnace and a new water system because everything's at its 25, 30 year mark. Uh, some of the machinery starting to, you know, uh, not work anymore. So we're fixing those pieces, but all well knowing we're going to be here for a long time. In the early days, we rented a site and it was so important to trails and to the youth to have a home. And so many of our kids would say that this Trails Lakeside is a second home to them and we are their family. And we didn't want them to, to feel like it was temporary or it was rented, like a lot of the spaces or apartments they may live in that are subsidized right now. We wanted it to be their forever home. So if they do a community project where they build a paint the outhouse, for example, that's there. And, and recently, one of our staff facilitators, Will, who is an alumni, he took his group of 12-year-olds on one of their three-day on-site camping trips past an outhouse and he said very proudly i painted this outhouse 15 years ago and look how good of a job i did well that's exciting well mel it's great that you're passionate how do people get in touch with your organization what's the website our website is trails.ca and there's tons of information on there. We've also got a YouTube channel, Instagram, and Facebook. And those are, those are all very active. So if you'd like to see recent photos or some videos that the youth do, uh, check out our Instagram page. Terrific. Well, I love your passion and the excitement that comes across in talking to you. So thank you for your time today. Thank you very much.